and welcome back to Up Nerd. This is the fourth of the weekly variety segments slash shows. I am not alone for this one. I'm joined by a new co-host. This is Ryan. What an excellent name, by the way. Anyway, Ryan. Hello, sir. How are you? I am good. This is great. I'm sure this won't be confusing at all for anyone that knows me in real life. Anyway, <laughs> we are here to discuss The Punishing Man with The Punishing Plan. This is The Punisher, King of Killers, book one and book two. This is by Jason Aaron with the interior art by Jesus Saez and Paul Azaceda. And as we'll get into, there are two artists because one is on the flashbacks. The other one does the present day work. That's Saez. So this series, just to open it up and give a warp speed synopsis, I will do it essentially chronologically. Throughout the series, interspersed in it, we get flashbacks to a young Frank Castle starting at the age of 10 years old. Frank's a troubled little boy for some reason. This is not the first time we've seen him depicted, by the way, with a pretty troubled childhood and being surrounded by death. The Frank Castle segments are, I will just go ahead and say it, plagued by a unreliable narrator as they are told through the lens of the Archpriestess of the Hand. And this is because in present day, Frank Castle has joined the Hand. The Punisher has joined them because... They have resurrected his wife, as we discover at the end of issue one. Going forward, he is attacking the Apostles of War. They are led by Ares. The series then sort of shifts in again in between flashbacks of Frank Castle's youth, eventually shifting towards Maria flashbacks, which was fascinating to me just because Maria's never been a character in these. She's been a motivation for Frank Castle to do what he does, but she's never actually had much in the way of characterization. Anyway, jumping forward, Castle attacks Ares. It does not go well. He is confronted by a fairly unhappy with him daredevil, for obvious reasons, after which Ares attacks Castle. Punisher is able to take him out. Then after that, his next threat is the Avengers, at which point he fights off a number of them. It is not the entirety of the Avengers team. It's mostly just heroes and anti-heroes that he's teamed up with in the past. In the end, it's Maria that is his undoing. And we'll get into a lot of the specifics as we go. But I wanted to start by asking you... What was your impression when this series was announced? Because comic book fans are pretty reactionary. I know you and I both have a pretty high opinion of Jason Aaron's Punisher work before this, i.e. Punisher Max. But yeah, go ahead. My initial reactions, I think, were a bit of trepidation um, because this series was announced not terribly long after the January 6th riots. And there was a fairly big call to cancel the Punisher in pretty much all of Marvel's media because of reasons. So I knew that when the, when the series was announced that it was going to be Jason Aaron, that it was going to be a good book. He's somebody that has a reverence for the character and he's a very good writer. So I, I did, I knew it was going to be a very well-written story. I did, I wasn't really familiar with the artists, but my, I guess my trepidation was 
what are they going to do with the character? Are they killing him off? Is this going to be the last ever Punisher series? I mean, that was pretty much where we thought it was going to go. I don't know if there's ever actually going to be a last ever. I mean, do comics ever end? I guess that's a discussion for when we get to the ending of this, because obviously it's left pretty open if they choose to use him again. I don't think, I don't know that we're ever going to see the end, quote unquote, of Frank Castle's adventures as the Punisher. But for now, he's been retired. Not the first time Aaron's gotten the chance to retire the character. Yeah. I mean, he killed him in Max. I mean, he's flat out dead. Max was a little different, obviously, because that was a supposed to be a grounded series and he aged, et cetera, et cetera. So at some point he was going to kick the bucket. And let's be honest, I don't see Frank retiring, going to Florida and dying peacefully. That's the kind of the fallacy of the character is that he's fighting a never ending war against crime. Like there's always going to be criminals. There's. Every time he takes out one mob family, somebody rises up to fill the vacuum. Like it's it's a never and he's totally happy with that. But it's 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 that's what he wants, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly he wants he he wants to be in this never ending war as much as he says probably says to himself that he hates it, or maybe he doesn't. Ennis's solution to that, by the way, was that he essentially wipes out humanity. That is sort of his end goal. Well, yeah, from Punisher the End, yeah. <laughs> Not just that, but I mean, his dream in in Up is Down, Black is White, when he has a dream, he mentions that after he's killed the first responders, the police and everyone else, he turns and shoulders his weapon and points it towards the people who did nothing, who just sat around and watched. And and as the line in the book even says, if if my world ends, so does yours, because they're just as guilty to him. He's got some problems, is my point. He is not a very nice person. It's it's a it's a light, fun, breezy read. Every yeah. single book. And that's what I wanted to get into is that my reaction to when he when they first showed the new logo and he was part of the hand, I think that you and I were kind of in agreement in terms of him joining the hand was going to be a means to an end. I don't think he cares who his allies are or anything like that. He just uses them, and he mentions it to Natasha late in this book, even, too, that he doesn't have friends or anything like that, or he doesn't see anyone as friends. They're just tools to him, and the hand was just a tool to him, too, and I figure that was where this was headed. Yeah, the hand ended up making him the right offer in order to get him on their side, and the way Aaron writes it, it's it's they're very much uh, I don't know if aligned is the right word, but like they they very much see a lot of them. Well, they're trying to use him. You know, they want him to be the vessel for the beast. They're happy to try to use him. He's happy to try to use them. It's win win for everybody. Yeah. The beast being the mystical force of, you know, the mystical god of the of the hand. We got to remember that there are people here that people listening to this that may not know this. Yes. So (laughs) you and I know know this, but so the hand are an organization within Marvel Comics that have existed for a significant amount of time. They usually go up against Daredevil or Elektra, still sort of street level. In any case, the hand are mystical. They are able to resurrect And again, when this was announced, we kind of figured that, well, who could they resurrect that would sort of help control Frank Castle? Believe, Yeah, but believe it or not, that actually didn't cross my mind at the time. I remember when those first opening pages 
were re- were revealed. I saw the new logo. I liked it. It was a good change from the skull. Like it was still a, a it was still very much in line with the character. And I remember thinking that this was probably like if the character was going to continue beyond this, that this would be his symbol with the hand and then it would be replaced by something else that ended up being the case, but them resurrecting Maria, I probably should have seen that coming, but didn't until the first, until like I was two pages away from the end of the first uh, issue. So that first issue talking about reactions, that kind of thing to his introduction to the resurrected Maria is after, and this is what I want to point out. I love the art in this. This is after a sequence in which the Archpriestess says she's sending legions of the Hand Ninja, who are sort of the foot soldiers for the Hand, for anyone that doesn't know, into essentially a meat grinder called the Punisher, because he just mows down a number of them. He hits them with landmines, grenades, shooting a number of them, knives, you name it, he does it to them. Which is kind of surprising because he's he's never really been at that level. Usually he has trouble with people who have better hand-to-hand skills than him. Yeah, but to be fair, he doesn't really engage them hand-to-hand. His version of hand-to-hand in this involves him taking damage to deal damage, which as a human is not a great idea. Yeah, he uses his creativity. He uses his, his environment to his advantage because he has a lot of weapons stashed all over the place. If they really wanted to kill him, they could have, I guess is my point, because if it had gone much longer, he was in trouble. Yeah. My, my, I guess my point is that the hand are, are, are generally faster than him. I mean, these, they, they give daredevil problems and daredevil has, has, is much faster than Frank. So it was kind of interesting to see Frank kind of like he had his issues, but he did, he did, yeah, in terms, of, in terms of the Marvel Universe, he gets by because A, people underestimate him pretty frequently, and B, a lot of the heroes and some of the villains aren't used to somebody who attacks with just being lethal from the start. There's no sort of wasted preamble or anything like that. They're not used to somebody who doesn't want to hear the monologue or know their plan or anything like that. He just will just shoot you in the head or shoot you in the back if he can. And heck with it, you mentioned it, the logo. All I'm going to say, if the Punisher needs a particular logo, and in this case I'm referring to the skull, it's not a good character, if that's all it is. And he's not. I feel like this series proved that he's more than that, and there have been a number of series that proved he's more than that. I will admit, my love of the logo diminished significantly when there were protests in the city I live in. And for a number of weeks, I went past a group that had the logo on flags, and they told my supervisor, who had lived in this country for nearly my adult life, he lived here for 40 years, I'm 43, and every day they would tell him to go back to his country as a small Haitian man. So that was delightful, and diminished my i don't really wear the logo out i'll go to a comic con or comic related event and that's about it it sucks <laughs> yeah it does suck that racists ruined it for the people for, for people that just thought it was really cool yeah i'm i'm of the same i'm of the same mind 
I used I actually used to wear the logo and I had a Punisher cosplay from many years ago, which I will never wear again. Yeah, um, I have I have the leather jacket. That's an anniversary gift from my wife. Custom made leather jacket. And I only pull it out on certain occasions. It's <laughs> the only thing I've worn is a T-shirt that actually has him on. Yes. And it's not it's not just the symbol and I don't have to explain it. It has the word logo and it has him on it. So it's very clearly I'm wearing a shirt of the character. Yeah. I'm not signaling to anybody. And I've gone to conventions and I've seen people, you know, still in cosplay of that. I'm like, that's, that's really not a good look anymore. It's tough. I, like I mentioned, I wear it. I don't don't... say that to them. That's what's running in my head. Yeah. Whatever you're feeling on it is it sucks what's happened to it and it's unfortunate that it's impacted the character the character itself needed to go through changes so i feel like this was a good series period because the punisher has evolved over time you read the 80s books then you read the 90s books they have very different tones to them then you get into the 2000s and ennis really wrote them as a force of nature garth ennis yeah yeah, he's not even really a person in a lot of the Ennis work. He's just sort of there, and you know somebody's going to get ended when he shows up. And I think Rucka wrote him similarly as a very... He's very self-aware in the 2000s as well, I find, which is mm-hmm. fascinating. He's sort of the anti-Batman, whereas Batman continues to sort of try to stop crime. Deep down, the Punisher knows his efforts are ultimately futile. And even here, he keeps telling Maria just a little bit more. A little bit more, I'll be done. I just have a couple more labors. I'm almost at the end of this war. We're almost, this will be the end. Yeah. Yeah. Continuing sort of on, there was the Maria reveal at the end of issue one. From this point on, Maria's a character here. And I got to say, I loved that. She's always just been the fridged woman, frankly. We've never really seen much. We've seen a bit of their home life beforehand in Max and in a couple of other series. But for the most part, she's never actually been an active character. No, never. And that was good because, well, she spends the basically the first half of the overall story very much still waking up. Yeah, sort of groggy. Yeah, she's groggy. She she doesn't know where she is. She 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 still has memories from just before her death. She doesn't know where her children are. You find out through the course of the story that he's they've also tried to resurrect the children, but there have been complications in doing that. Because they've been dead longer than alive, they mention. Yeah. So whatever sliding sort of time frame there is, it's been a little while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then she does she does eventually kind of wake up and then she kind of embraces Frank and in this role and then and then decides not to and then and then she embraces him as a protector. So even in the yeah. old, even in the flashbacks we got of his family life after he's returned home, returned home from whatever nebulous war it is that he took part of, she embraces him as a protector. It's when she discovers what he did on the offensive in her name. Which, frankly, by the way, is one of my absolute favorite panels in this. There's some amazing art in this. The art overall, I absolutely adored. But there's the splash page early on when they show the splash page of He is the Punisher. And it's a combination of our work over the years. But then later on, when Maria 
makes the discovery. She asks the hands library to look up who this Punisher character is. And oh boy, she discovers what her husband was up to in her and the children's name ever since they died. And that's when she realizes what he is. He wasn't a protector or anything else. He is, he's just a mass murderer to her at that point. I think that she was just an excuse for him to be the person he needed to be. That is unsurprisingly very unnerving to her. Yeah. And in between that, there's a lot of her memories of him as a husband and father before her death, which was, I'm going to say his, his, his positive aspects to being a husband and father were spotty at best. Yeah. He's not absentee, but deep down he really is. It's not his passion. Yeah. We know his passion is war. We also get roughly around this same time, a brilliant discussion, which I greatly enjoyed between the Archpriestess of the Hand and Ares, who Ares is the god of war, but he's also a Marvel Comics character in the 616 universe. In a lot of ways, and he keeps referring to Frank Castle as his son, I loved this conversation because A, it lays bare the fact that the flashbacks we see from the Archpriestess's point of view and from Frank's point of view are very much stolen memories or tinkered with memories. Ares even says you're poisoning his past and lying to him and all this stuff. It's one of those things that I dislike. Comic book fans tend to jump to 10 all of the time. Anytime anyone's past gets tinkered with without actually reading it, And in this case, his past wasn't tinkered with. They haven't done anything with it. We get a lot of unreliable narrators and really only a single point of view, which is from Maria that we've never had before. In the end, they didn't really change his origin or anything. I never understood the angst about that, aside from people just want to be angry. Yeah, it's it's kind of a retcon uh, in saying that the, you know, the hand were there the whole time watching him, but it's. They weren't real. They weren't active participants in his life. They never steered him in any particular way. So it doesn't really affect his origin at all. It does nothing. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, there's a there's a point in the book where I thought they were going to go down the trope of the hand is actually responsible for for organizing the murder of his family, which has been done before. Yep. The Angel Punisher series. Essentially, um, <laughs> we don't talk about Angel Punisher here. No, no we don't. <laughs> but my point, my point remains. I thought that they, for a second, the Jason Aaron makes you think that they're going right to that to that trope, and he pulls it. He pulls it right right back, where the Archpriestess says, uh, you know, there's a bunch of ninjas saying we should kill his family. That's that's his. That's the impediment to him becoming who he needs to be. And she says, and she says no. Yeah, and I really liked that. I would have hated it, frankly, if they had done the me hand. Too. It's, that would have that might have set me off. Yeah, because it's such a, it's it would have been it's such a trope. Like it it wouldn't have helped the character, or wouldn't have helped the story one bit if if that had been in the case. The Punisher is able to overcome Ares, so Ares yeah. is dead, which is an interesting thing i mean aries has died before in marvel comics he'll show up again if he hasn't already 
Yeah, he'll be, he'll he'll be back as soon as another writer wants to use him, and they'll figure out a way. He's a, he's a god. The gods don't ever truly die, even though Jason Aaron has killed many gods in other in other characters' books. Usually by gore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm alluding to. Yeah, um, anyway. but they'll, they'll figure out a way to they'll, they'll, if somebody will figure out a way to bring him back. I mean, they've already yes. done it once. So what a lot of people haven't done is bring Maria back, and like I said. I liked all of these scenes of his family life, of his sort of fascination with death. We get some nice nods to Aaron's Max series. Most notably, he gets the job at a butcher, yeah. or in the killer floor of a butcher shop, which is a reference to it. The other stuff is Maria sort of gets to see the protector in him at that point. However, she eventually tires of him because he tends to just f- sort of follow death and the thing that sets her over the edge is he's attending prison ex- executions which is a little weird yeah <laughs> goes back to his fascination with death and we go to the park where she tells him that she's looking she starts to announce that i wanted to f- and that's where it stops this is not the first time aaron's done that yeah i know that's kind of my one of my criticisms of the series is that a lot of it is is kind of a retread of what he'd already done in Max, but just he flipped it around a little bit at the end. You know, in his, in his Max run, it's it's very much the flashback of him and his home life is is very much exactly like this book. But then he but then Frank decides he wants to leave he wants to leave his wife and the kids. But in this in this one, she flips it so that Maria does it. Maria wants wants free of of Frank because she's tired of him and his basically walking around like a like a like a dead person within their like a living dead person within their marriage a zombie, you know. He's trapped, and this goes yeah. back to the art. I saw some of the criticism of the art is the backgrounds in the hand compound are very much the same. It's very sort of gray, dull colors. But I feel like that enhances the book because both of them are still trapped. Maria, in particular, is literally trapped by the hand in that she cannot leave the compound she's in without dying. And the Punisher is trapped by the hand because he wants to finish his war. He needs to keep going no matter what. And he'll use them to the end or whatever he needs to as well as being trapped because in both max so what i like about the differences that you just said in the max series he's the one that threw his family away and i feel like it makes sense because just to be honest here the version of frank castle the punisher in max is an absolute monster even compared to the 616 version the 616 version is downright family-friendly in a lot of ways compared to... Well, yeah, because the, the 616 one still has to be, I don't want to say, obviously not a family book, but it has to, he has to exist within a, within a world of superheroes. Yes. So the 616 version, to me, it makes more sense that Frank Castle has lived with this idyllic view of what his family was all these years. He's lived with the version of Maria in his head is the one that he was married to and he was able to work and come home to. He doesn't necessarily see or remember the version that was sad because he was 
going to public executions or he didn't spend normal time with the children, that his time with the children was sitting outside with a gun in a tent yeah, or stuff like that or planning to take a road trip with the van that he's been working on or just sort of things that are a little off. Yeah. And he was able to see himself as that and able to see that, no, no, this perfect life was taken away from me. And it's interesting to me that this, that Maria literally shatters all of that. He was barely there as a, as a, as a father and a husband during their whole of their, of their time together. And that's why I think it's interesting that more even than any 80s or 90s comics, the Punisher has been more of a character in this book than in a while. As in more of a person, we really kind of get into his head with this book, which is not a, usually a fun place to be. Yeah, and it takes it takes a special writer to really bring that out. Some some writers really write Frank in a very generic way as just an unhuman killing machine, and it re- it takes a few special ones to really get inside his head. Sometimes that's it's helped by writing him with an internal monologue, which uh, Garth Ennis did extremely well. Greg Rucka decided to not do with the not to not use the uh, inner monologue mechanic and still managed to show us a lot of the character. Rucka did it by bouncing or having him bounce things off of people, whether it be his interactions with Daredevil and Spider-Man during the crossover issues, or obviously with Rachel Cole Alves. I should have just said Rachel Cole and then let you add the Alva. Anyway, that was a missed opportunity anyway. And each of them has written him very differently as well, too. And Aaron kind of does it via characters around him by having his family in this one. And the breaking point for Maria in the present is seeing the graves of all of the attempts to bring back the children. Yeah. I just had a thought that a lot of a lot of how we view the Punisher, or pretty much most of this book and kind of yeah, in most of this in most of this book, we get a an outside view of the Punisher as a as a as a character. It's how he's seen by others. It's how he's seen by Maria and by the archpriestess. I think there's only one time in the whole book when he's kind of speaking for himself, and that's because the archpriestess asks to tell asks him to tell the story of the first person he ever killed, which is when he was ten years old. He there was a local mob enforcer who brutally murdered a, a wife and husband on the street, and nobody did anything about it, and so he decided to. That's the first time. That's I think that's the only time in the book you actually hear Frank in his own words. I'd argue, too, his arguments to each of the characters that visit him after his capture. So Maria, after she turns on him when he returns, while being chased by Doctor Strange, Moon Knight, Wolverine, Captain America, and Black Widow, all characters that have interacted with the Punisher frequently, and at some point or another have teamed up with him in one way. He is captured by them, and they have to decide what to do with him. And each of them visit him one by one, with the exception of Cap, but we'll get to that in a bit. Each of them visit him one by one, and we see his... It's kind of how he views each one, and kind of how he views himself. He tells Wolverine, 
if you're going to kill somebody who enjoys death and violence, kill yourself first. Yeah, Wolverine is kind of like the most hypocritical one of the bunch. Yes. He tells Natasha, who tries to appeal to him as a friend, quote unquote, or colleague. And as we mentioned before, that's not how he sees it, or at least that's not how he tells her he sees it. He just kind of used her as a tool. She was a means to an end for him. He even says, yeah, were we friends, Natasha? Yeah, he's he's had team ups. He's had he's been on a team before, but he's never really he's not a team player. He's never he's never he would. I mean, obviously, he would never be an Avenger, but he would never be in one of those kind of situations unless it benefited him and his and his war in some in some fashion. And his goals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he doesn't care for any of them. He doesn't care about people at all, really. And he doesn't even acknowledge Moon Knight. Although, to be fair, Moon Knight doesn't really let him get a word in. But he doesn't think much of Moon Knight in any of their interactions over the years. So that's not really surprising. Mm -hmm. And the real kicker, though, is when he finally thinks Captain America has come to see him as the final one of the group. But it's not Cap. It's his wife. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. She kind of lays it all out for him. Not to mention for us, the reader. It reminds me a lot. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It reminds me a lot of how I felt when I watched the penultimate episode of The Shield. The The Shield is a series starring Michael Chiklis. And in the second last episode, he sits down and slowly details out all of his crimes that we've seen throughout the show. And any sort of sympathy or feeling you kind of had for the character or the main character of the series is washed away when somebody else just kind of paints how much of a monster they are or is stunned by what they've done. And however you feel about Maria, it's not a lot different here. Yeah. You know, she tells him, you know, this is how you honor your family and your children. Yeah. As much as you kind of, I mean, as a Punisher fan, you don't, there's part of you that kind of doesn't want to hear that. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, because, because the reason why we like, the reason why we like the Punisher is a catharsis. Yeah. It appeals to the lizard parts of our brain. Yeah. There's a catharsis in revenge stories. We like to see bad things happen to bad people, you know, and revenge story, you know, revenge stories are when, are, when they're done right you really want to see the other guy dead. And that's kind of what the, when Punisher is done right, you, you really want to see him do something really bad to the, to the, to, to, to the guy who has done this horrible thing. That's the appeal of the character. To a certain extent, one of the reasons I like him more than say a dirty Harry or somebody like that, or even Mac Bolan, the executioner who he is based off of is he's so self-aware Yeah, he has the line to Rachel, no one should be like me. Yeah. He knows what he is, and he knows he's just as bad or worse than a lot of the people he's killed. And Ennis also makes that pretty clear a number of different times in his different series. Yeah. So yeah, there's the catharsis. There's the fact that he knows he's an awful person. He's just as damned as the people he's condemning. Mm-hmm. which is kind of why the scene with Wolverine works so well, too, because Logan's just as guilty of things. And the others he just kind of sees as, I you know, got the chance to talk to Chip Zdarsky about this. Everybody else in the Marvel Universe, he just sees as naive. Yeah, He, he just sees them as stupid children dressing up 
and they they don't have they're not able to do what needs to be done at all. Wolverine's the only one he has at least a little bit of respect for, but he just sees in particular obviously Daredevil's the one he's pointed at most often, but yeah, he just sees them all as very naive, so Yeah. Because if you're not willing to put down the problem on a permanent basis, you're just allowing more lives to be lost in the future. And that's on and that's on you. That's why he that's basically his his view of why he does what he does and Captain America and Spider-Man do what they do. Yeah, he's not big into rehabilitation. There's, <laughs> no. there's no Arkham Asylum in uh, the Marvel Universe for him to send his villains to, apparently. Not that it works yeah. well. That's always one of the questions, by the way, I like to ask when I'm reading Batman is at what point is it Batman's fault that the Joker keeps going out and killing people? Yeah, exactly. The Punisher's sort of the other side of this. You're right. As a fan, you don't like seeing it. Maybe that's why there was some... Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is why there was some vitriol pointed to this, but... But she's not wrong. She's no. very she's very much right. As much as we don't like to hear it as Punisher fans, she's very much right. That's not... It's it's You don't honor your family by going on a murderous rampage over decades. Yeah, for however long it's been. It's not the normal reaction to things. No. And that's the thing. If I wonder too if she would have been okay with everything if it had just been the people responsible he had killed. I get the impression maybe it's the fact that he went so much further, you know, based on how she felt towards him when he was sort of a protector and that he she was okay when he was protecting the family. And maybe he could make the argument that, okay, I was still protecting the family. They were gone, but still doing what I thought was right. But to go so far beyond that into the... Somebody added up, he's killed thousands of people in the Marvel Universe at this point. He, as Daredevil mentions in this book, is the most prolific mass murderer, present company excluded, to Logan. But who knows who's got the higher body count. Oh, it's Frank, for sure. Yeah, so you're right. And nobody likes seeing that turned back. Nobody wants to feel bad for what they choose to like in terms of entertainment or characters. But alternatively, I think it's important to kind of turn the lens back every once in a while. I thought it was well done here. I really liked Maria as a character. There's nobody I didn't like, aside from characters I'm not supposed to. I think it's pretty clear the Archpriest just never really got frank and the hand are evil <laughs> yeah i think yeah yeah there's that i think the uh the the irish priest was was very much just blinded by her vision of what frank could be as the fist of the beast but she's not wrong either because he would make a heck of a fist of the beast apparently well in that respect aries is also right because yeah. aries was such a great inclusion as as the lead villain I don't know what to call him because he's almost he's almost the protagonist if you like the Punisher because he's trying to sort of free him from the hand control. Yeah, yeah. So he can get back. I I don't know how I never even put together the fact that Ares, being the god of war, would 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 love the the having the Punisher as his as his greatest. Champion. He calls him the Punisher is his favorite son a number of times. Yeah, it kind of if you think about it, it puts Garth Ennis's punisher born in a different light because at the end of that there's kind of like an unseen voice that kind of talks to frank at the very end and says you know you'll 
you get to do this forever. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> Sacrifices have to be made. Yeah. And if you and at the time, I remember thinking that that's so weird. Okay, so he's ta- so death has reached out to him. But it, it, in in some, and I don't know the the max the 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 max continuity is very different from the Marvel six one six continuity. But it, it you kind of you can actually kind of make the case that it's Aries saying that as well yeah. in a certain way. You know, I think it's clear something at some point reached out to him, and he decided to be this Satan. yeah Mephisto Satan. Maybe even himself, who knows? But yeah, it's Ares was great in this. I mentioned it before to mention it again. I mean, the conversation between the Archpriestess and Ares was some of my favorite stuff in this because it lays the Punisher out bare. Whichever version of the Punisher is your favorite, their conversation encapsulates it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm like I say, I same sort of thing with a lot of the art in the background monitors and at the start when they show the Punisher, whichever version of the Punisher is your favorite, it is included here in some form or another. And to me, that sums up this book. If you like the Punisher, there is a good chance you should like this book. I mean, people complained when it was being released that they were going to change him and that sort of thing. I was always okay if he... Somebody once said to me, Oh, fine. I'm not going to read it. I hope you like your Punisher with swords. Again, they're just tools. If he could learn how to sword fight, he would do it in a heartbeat. It's just another way for him to kill. Just because he's great with guns doesn't mean, you know, you wouldn't mind taking up something else. Well, that said, though, he's not really the same Punisher that you're used to in this. No, but they make it clear why. I, again, the priestess and yeah. Aries, the priestess and Aries literally detail it out that she's manipulating him and twisting him into something he's not. Aries wants her to let go and let him get back to his war in Aries' name. Yeah, like he's definitely not the Punisher that you know has a mission, goes out and tries to tries to uh, tries to achieve it, and you know wipe everybody out of whatever target he's acquired for this month. He kills a lot of people in this, but a lot of them are are brought to him. Yes. So he's not like the hunter that we that kind of know that that we kind of know him to be. They're basically brought to him as offerings. Until the end, when he makes it clear, first of all, that he's trying to get through his sort of list. Yeah, he basically kills every non-superpowered evil person on planet Earth. Yeah, and he also makes it clear to the Avengers that he's only got a certain amount of time before the Beast takes him over, that he's been holding it back all this time, and that he's saying it's still him. I don't think he's really still him until really the end of the book. Speaking of the end of the book, and the resolution is, so Maria speaks with Frank. She takes all of his money, donates a lot of it to charity, keeps some of it, which frankly she should. And goes off on her own. She is pregnant, it is revealed, later on in this. Meanwhile, Frank Castle leaves Earth and ends up in another place we've seen in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, he kind of takes the decision of whether or not to destroy him out of the hands of the Avengers by finding a few pieces of... The bullet left... Yeah, left left in uh, left in that strange Doctor Strange actually gives him manages to find one little magic scrap left to send him off to 
another dimension where he will stay until another writer decides to bring him back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> until Joe. Oh, God. What's his last name? I can't even remember. You know, he's so generic. The new, I know. The Joe that they, something that or other. Joe, I want to say Galloway. Yeah, I, I think that. you're right. His third, uh, the third issue of that is out this week. So, hooray. <laughs> I know. It's 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 such a generic character that there's, you wonder why they're even making it at all. I feel bad for saying this. Maybe you're going to get on me for this, but, and you probably should. But in a lot of ways, it feels like an awful lot of those 90s Punisher issues where. Okay, I'm okay with that. A lot of, I've read a bunch stuff a lot of the is very empty yeah it feels like a lot of fans wanted this series and want the punisher to just go out and kill bad guys and that's sort of the extent of it no changes no introspectiveness that kind of thing that's boring to me and that's what that's what this book so far feels like now i'm giving it a chance and hopefully it improves (laughs) but yeah it's not what aaron felt like and it's not what a lot of the Frank Castle work and a lot of the work that's done with the character really since 2000 has been like. So we'll see what the future holds. I will say this. There is a panel for Marvel's Timeless and it features Joe. Isn't it like Bannister or something? I'm looking. I don't even right remember. Now. Joe, Joey, Joe, Joe, Joe Shabadoo. I, be- <laughs> I, be- I believe I believe that is his name. Anyway. There's a panel of him. Garrison. Joe, Joe Garrison. Garrison. Oh, God. we None of us got that. I was closest. Yeah, you, you had a G at least. A G. Give me some credit. Give a bit more credit, please. Gah. There's a panel in Marvel's Timeless which shows visions of what's upcoming, and it is Joe Garrison fighting the war machine armor with a very familiar looking skull on it. Okay. I seriously doubt that is Frank Castle, but I am sure we'll see him again. Unless it's some sort of like Seeker Wars time travel scenario where people from different times are put up against each other or meet or something like that. And then so Garrison fights Frank Castle for that you know few months where he had the War Machine armor. It feels inevitable, especially with the Punisher being in Daredevil Born Again. Yeah. If they're going to bring him back in media in the Born Again Disney Plus series, which, by the way, for me, cannot come fast enough, (laughs) then they usually need to they usually will have some sort of representation of him in the comic side. They want readers to come to them when there's a when when there's a multimedia appearance of that character. You know, when there's a Spider-Man movie out, they want to they want people to come to the Marvel Universe and read stories about Peter Parker as opposed to somebody else being Spider-Man. So it makes you wonder why they created a book about a new guy who sort of unwittingly adopts the name of the Punisher. I do appreciate that he's not in it too he doesn't really want to be the punisher i appreciate that much at least but yeah and everybody else called him the punisher yeah he's just so generic yeah i mean they, they haven't really taught us that much about him as a person you know other than he was they just talk about his skills you know i think there was a pretty good hook a kind of a good reveal at the end of issue two because you know he has the exact same origin that's what makes him so generic he's it's, he's completely interchangeable with frank castle his, fa- his family was killed and he's going after the people that, that did it or something. 
And you find out that they were that his wife was actually targeted. They thought that maybe he was, you know, they they were killed and that his family was killed by people trying to get to him. But it turns out his wife was actually the one targeted for for the act, which is a little bit which is slightly more interesting. See where that goes. We're getting there. We need about 10 more hooks and then it'll be interesting. But yeah, in the end, that's why I like the ending of this. It takes the Punisher off of the board. Sorry, it takes Frank Castle's Punisher off of the board for a while and does it in a way that it felt organic and it makes sense. It also, if a writer decides to pick this up, the fact that Marie is still alive and pregnant is very interesting to me. Should they ever decide to pick that up at some point? I don't know that they necessarily need to ever bring Maria back. I think that by the end of this, of her being free of Frank, she gave him his severe talking to, which he very, very much needed, and then took back control of her life, which is what she was about to do before Central Park. Honestly, she should just go. She should go off. That's her. That's her happy ending. The character has never had a happy ending. That's her Jesse happy ending. Yeah, <laughs> Jesse Pinkman ending. If you want to compare it to Breaking Bad, our other shared love, yes. Uh, <laughs> now Saul Goodman, on the other hand, no. Anyway, no. I liked the series a lot. And if they're going to take him off the board for a while, this was perfect to me. Much better than the aforementioned angel punisher because that was he committed suicide and came back as an angel with a magical trench coat that he could pull out whatever he needed oh boy (laughs) why do i think of this stuff i don't know why is this lodged in my brain why do i remember (laughs) any of it let me ask you something something i was thinking about earlier this morning when i was thinking about like my thoughts about this series i remember reading about when the January 6th stuff happened and there were calls to retire the Punisher as a character because he was no longer relevant. I got to thinking, why is he considered no longer relevant? Because A, revenge stories, when they're well done, are people always relate to them. Yeah. You can always become current. You can always you can the, the people always will get that. If it's just a mindless generic killing machine like Joe Garrison, then <laughs> then Maybe not. Then maybe then it's best to like retire him. But if when it's done the right way, it's it's a it's a very entertaining book to read. Ryan's favorite character of 2023 breakout character is Joe Garrison. Anyway, <laughs> what makes him so different from John Wick? Nothing. The issue is the interpretation of media. There was yeah. a really good interview fairly recently with a number of different people who worked on Fight Club for example, and be it the author, be it the director of the film, but everyone's answer was sort of the same, that unfortunately, when people misinterpret our work, it's not our fault. And they're sort of right. And The Punisher has been very misinterpreted over the last few years. Yeah, very much so. He's not somebody you wear the symbol of because he's doing what's right, because he doesn't do what's right at all really there is a catharsis to it but in the end he's just as much of a villain especially because of his inability to kind of let go or stop he is so far beyond any sort of absolution for the killing that he does even if he kills bad people a lot of the interpretation of him is just that 
it's cool and bad guys, no matter what, just need to be punished. And the world is a lot more gray than that sort of black and white. Mm -hmm. So I think the calls to retire the character were premature. But on the other hand, too, again, I've had the chance to talk to a couple Marvel writers and they love the character. I actually fairly recently had the chance to talk to one who absolutely adores the character. This person would love to have written for them previously, never really got the chance to, but they now say, do you want to be the writer of this series when the inevitable happens and someone kills a public figure while wearing that skull? Yeah. I understand that fear. It sucks. Like, it sucks that that's where we're at. And I, I could see it, you know. Well, you, we almost had it two years ago. Yeah. Like, do you want to be the Marvel Comics writer? You're an up-and-coming writer. Now, this person was, was established. They've worked at both of the big two quite a bit and back and forth. They're currently back with Marvel but they won't touch the Punisher with a 10-foot pole. And after hearing them talk about it, I understand why. So I think it feels more like the calls to retire might be coming from inside the house to a certain extent. And again, I understand them. And there's some writers that might be okay with that. And obviously there's directors that might be okay with that. You know, I mentioned Fight Club. There are some people that don't have any type of media literacy. Yeah. When you read The Punisher, particularly from 2000 on, he is not the good guy. There's this no. weird thing that people think Garth Ennis views him as a hero or heroic character. Garth Ennis views him as a fascist. He even says yeah. it in one of his books. It's weird to me. Yeah, it's it's like, who was it? Was it Paul Rand? Or it was somebody saying, yeah, Rage Against the Machine's my favorite band. Who do you think is the machine? Yeah, <laughs> you mean Paul Ryan. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get it. No, it's and there's a lot of that. That people just interpret media to sort of fit their own end or fit their own means. The Punisher, as has been written for probably the past twenty three years or so, is not a particularly redeemable character. It's not somebody to idolize. And I remember after January sixth, Garth Zenis's sort of open letter saying None of these people want to be the Punisher. The Punisher's life sucks. He sleeps in a van. He eats a steak for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Does target practice for about 18 hours a day. And then the other five is recon and then sleeps for an hour. That's his life. It is awful. Nobody actually wants to be that. They all want to cosplay as it. But it's not the same thing. He doesn't fight for people either. I think the days where he was... And this comic made it pretty clear. The days where he was a protector ended when his family was killed. And after that, he just went on the offensive forever and ever. He doesn't do it to save people. It's pretty rare. Like, saving other people in the Marvel Universe is essentially an accident for him. In the comics, yes. Like, in, I think in media, they very much make a point of him. <sighs> yeah. Of humanizing him a little bit. With, you know, they've done that. Pretty much in every movie and TV show, he's always had somebody that he's saved. Which is why I feel like we'll get into it, because eventually we're going to do the movies. But I don't like that interpretation of him. It's not... I mentioned this earlier. I think we're both a little more open-minded than a lot of comic book fans. 
I've seen Star Trek reinterpreted a million different times. I've seen the X-Men, everybody get rebooted time and time again. So I'm a little more open to different versions of it. So the Punisher for me, in a lot of ways, the reinterpretation of him in a series I hated at first, which is Rick Remender's Frankencastle. <laughs> <laughs> when Frankencastle came out, I hated it. I hated the idea of it. I don't even remember why I read it at the time. I think it was just picking it up because, oh man, gotta support anything with that skull logo on it, baby. Yeah. I hated it. And over the years now, I really like it because it asks the question what type of person does it take to do what he does? And in Frankencastle, the outside ends up matching the inside, finally. And I feel like that's the interpretation that I realize that, like, man, this guy's a monster. When you sit down and, and break out what he does, it's not even an eye for an eye in a lot of cases. Yeah. One of our favorite arcs is the Slavers. I early, sorry, I shouldn't speak for you, but it's one of my favorite arcs. You are very much right. From the Garth Ennis Punisher match, Max from, run. the Slavers is probably my favorite. He does things in that that are horrific to people. Utterly horrific. And frankly, they deserve it. That is a cathartic, proportional response, though. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Like, he goes up for context. He's going up against, he learns of a crew of Eastern European human traffickers who are the worst of the worst. You know what people comically say the worst nowadays? These people are the actual worst. Yeah. And these people exist in real life, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, exactly. Which is where the catharsis comes in, too. Yeah. Yeah. The catharsis comes in because you really want it. This is what I was saying earlier. These are people you really, really want to see dead. Yeah. And there's two things from this. Number one is, as the Punisher notes at the end of that, none of what he does does any good, that the vacuum will just get filled up by somebody new next week. But number two, that is what we're talking about in terms of proportional response. The person who is arrested for possession of marijuana and given a six-month sentence in the United States does not deserve what the Punisher doles out in a lot of his responses to things. That is not a proportional response. And that's kind of also why the sanitization of him in the movies doesn't work for me. Well, it depends on... Yeah, like you said, it depends on what what these people do. The most pe I think when you see people in the movies, they have they have done really bad things or they've had people killed, not just guys that have a simple possession chart. Yeah. No, that's true. I just I find it more difficult, I think, to separate sort of the comic character to the film characters, rest in peace. But Ray Stevenson's Punisher, for example, was depicted as very cold, much more close akin to the Max version. There's not much sort of a family man or anything left compared to the sort of PG-13 version we get with Thomas Jane in the yeah. 2004 version. And even to a certain extent, Burenthal. Burenthal sort of brings a sadness to the Punisher, mm -hmm. but even then he kind of goes too far and he goes too far through the lens of other people like Karen Page who he openly uses as bait and is perfectly fine with using as bait just so he can get the chance to kill the person who he thinks wronged him. He's a bad dude. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a bad, he's a bad dude. But again, he's a fictional character. I don't think, I don't know. 
Should we, I mean, that's a greater question. Should we even idolize fictional characters? Everyone is flawed in their own way, at least in terms of real life characters. I don't think you necessarily idolize the characters themselves. I mean, I've, the Punisher is my favorite character, but I've never wanted to, I never wanted to live that life. I've never wanted to go out and take justice and, and, and take the law into my own hands or anything like that. Like I said, I enjoy the catharsis. I like seeing, I like seeing bad things happen to bad people. A lot of that is what makes us sane, though. Yeah, I, even when you're talking about characters like Superman or Batman, you don't necessarily idolize the characters. It's what they represent. Yeah, you know, truth, justice, and the American way of Superman, though Canadian. I I I think that's kind of an overused term, and I don't know if it yeah. really applies as much. But it's the the goodness that Superman ex- the, the and the good values that Superman exudes, and to different extent, the the good values that Batman exudes. I think those are yeah, and that's kind of where I go with this though, is that the Punisher doesn't really exude good values. No, he doesn't really have any. And I look at so you mentioned John Wick earlier just sort of want to close this off with some different thoughts, but you mentioned John Wick earlier. The actor who plays him is not John Wick. That is, of course, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves famously has a quote that I think about every single day, and that is, I don't want to live in a world where kindness is taken as weakness. Yeah. That is the world in which Frank Castle lives. That kindness is weakness, period. That is not a good place to be in at all for you, your children, or anyone around you. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally concur. As much as I enjoy reading stories of the, uh, of, of, of the Punisher, he's not a person that should, that should exist. No. Deep down, there's some part of your brain that wants it, as in you'll see a news headline or something like that, and I've done this. I'll sit and I'll think, like, man... I wish the Punisher existed, but I'm also able to kind of take a step back after that and go, well, that doesn't really, that's not going to help anything. No, exactly. It's not going to stop X from happening. It's not a deterrent from it happening again, either. There are better ways. Life is not black and white, Frank. (laughs) Up is down, (laughs) black is white. Yes. All right. Well, this was fun. I concur. This was great. Somehow, I don't think this will be the last time we talk about The Punisher. Hey, man, it's your show. You can always call me and we'll, we'll, we'll do this. <laughs> You're listening to Punisher Cast. Uh, oh, anyway. <laughs> All right. Thanks again for joining. I'm kind of, I'm kind of uh, impressed that you didn't make The Punisher the, first, uh, the subject of your first episode. So good on you for showing measure. I do have other interests. I even have other content, <laughs> comic interests. At some point, I need to remember to ask you, as soon as we're done here, I'll ask you if you've ever got around to reading House of X, Powers of X, because, oh man, the X-Men comics over the past few years I have loved. This has been, you and I talk about this, we are so lucky with comics now. So I got into the Punisher from the 90s, from borrowing my brother's comics, and he had stuff like Wolverine. The 90s was a fun decade. It was not a decade filled with good writing if you enjoyed Marvel Comics. No, there's very little good writing in the 90s. It was a little rough. Uh, Yeah, rereading stuff like the Onslaught Saga? Oh, boy. Yeah. Because I had good memories of it because I grew up reading it. I reread Fatal Attractions recently. How did that go? Not 
Well. <laughs> oh, man. If you've ever wanted to read a series where Magneto gets compared to Hitler every three pages, it is for you. Fantastic. Man, I really wish they would have beat me over the head with that analogy a little more. On to bigger and better things. So thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. For Anyone who's listening, have yourself a good night. Please rate and review the podcast. Everything helps. Every listener is appreciated. You can find the podcast on X or whatever it's named this week at UpNerd Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook as UpNerd. You can find us on wherever really as UpNerd. I'm losing it here. Where can the people find you should you wish to be found, good sir? You can find me at Mr. Ryan Clark on Instagram. That's uh, if you, I do action figure photography and reviews there. You can also find me on Threads and on Blue Sky at Mr. Ryan Clark. M R Ryan Clark. Perfect. Not to be confused with the Pittsburgh Steelers' former safety. No, no. I used to call myself the one and only Ryan Clark as a joke because there are many Clarks out there. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, everybody, have a good night, and thanks for listening. Bye.